0: Hi and welcome. This is Jim Fries, your host, and this is The Conversation, a podcast airing viewpoints on the impact of artificial intelligence on business and society. The conversation is presented by Interactions, a conversational AI company that builds intelligent virtual assistants capable of human-level communication and understanding. In today's episode, we're talking about how AI can improve hiring practices. Joining us to discuss the shortcomings of traditional hiring and how AI can help is Dr. Tomas Chamaro Premusic. Tomas is an organizational psychologist focused on personality profiling, people analytics, and leadership development. He's a prolific speaker and author. As a matter of fact, he's written 10 books, more than 150 scientific papers, and he's contributed to top publications like the Harvard Business Review, Fast Company, and Forbes. Today, Tomas is a professor of business psychology at Columbia University and chief talent scientist at staffing firm Manpower Group. Tomas, welcome to the conversation.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: We're thrilled that you're here. So throughout your career, you've explored a wide range of topics related to personality, talent, and leadership. When did you become interested in the intersection of uh, artificial intelligence and talent?
1: So I think probably around 10 years ago. And up until that time, I had done a lot of research and commercial or real-world work exploring the accuracy of traditional psychological assessment tools to identify future leaders, determine whether somebody has talent for an area or not, the more conventional area of application of personality assessments and talent identification tools in the world of HR. Then, of course, with the explosion of smartphones and people producing so much data and what was then called big data, Uh, revolution, that made me think that maybe AI could help us scale the science of personality and assessment to a whole new dimension. I think that the science of psychological assessment is really valuable to help organizations understand their people and people understand themselves. Most of the problems that organizations have today have to do with a crisis of understanding, not understanding where to deploy their talent what people are good at, what they're not interested in. And simultaneously, you have people who are not aware of what their potential and their talents are. So that's why I think AI can really amplify and help us scale what I think is a very powerful and well-established science.
0: Yeah, and as I hear you articulate that, and I'm thinking about it on the front end of the process when you're actually interviewing people, and you've discussed the shortcomings of traditional hiring practices like unstructured job interviews. Can you elaborate a little bit on the problems with the way businesses have historically recruited and hired? I
1: think the main problem is that even though you can design very rigorous and predictive interviews, it suffers from a dilution problem. Most people feel that they are natural judges of other people's characters and that they don't have to work very hard to design a very standardized, methodical and structured process. If you think about it, most of the interview experiences people have are still very informal, very unstructured, and there's not much homework or much data underpinning this process. And even though we've known for many, many years that well-designed, rigorous interviews, structured job interviews are very predictive of future behavior, including job performance, they rarely happen. And for sure, people overestimate the importance that interview behaviors have as indicators of somebody's potential. What you see in an interview is the equivalent of what you would see on a first date when you go on a romantic date. You see A person's best behavior and that will not extrapolate to what you see six months later or six years later if you marry that person same happens with the employees and all the things that we want to pay attention to during an interview whether it's face to face or virtual are the things that fair societies are trying desperately to ignore right now, information about how attractive you are, what ethnicity you have, what gender, age you have, or your group you are from. So the only way to address that is to actually remove or de-emphasize reliance on human observers and use technology, including AI, to identify or pick up the predictive signals Of somebody's talent or potential while actually ignoring all the things that are uncomfortable and often unethical demographic uh, categories or um, groups. Can you talk
0: about some of the emerging technologies or applications uh, of AI uh, that are starting to, at least as you've observed it, to transform recruiting and hiring practices?
1: Yes, I think that I would use, you know, AI mostly um, in the space of HR or talent it's a method for treating data and translating data into insights insights that are predictive and that can tell you whether somebody is a good match for a certain job role or a career where there is a little bit more variety and where you can talk about the innovations is in the types of data capture that we are now able to mine with AI. So it would include things like your social network or your social media footprint, the internal exhaust of data that you leave within your job organization or employer, email, metadata, content, context, if you're looking at video or digital interview technology, there's so many signals. So, of course, there's natural language processing, which I know you covered in your show before. So translating some of the words people say into aspects of their character, personality, or potential, their body language, physical properties of speech. There's now more digital data available than ever before. And of course, more predictive and meaningful digital signals on somebody's potential than what you can see in the physical or analog world. And that opens up unprecedented opportunities to understand what somebody's potential is and to help organizations deploy people in the best possible ways.
0: Yeah. So that kind of data and the application of AI could really help companies make better, more accurate hiring decisions.
1: Correct. And I think it's important to acknowledge that there is a lot of room for improvement. The baseline right now is not very high. Most people choose careers or jobs in a very serendipitous way. Then it's too late to change. Most people are not engaged at work. Most people don't understand what their best potential would be or how they can develop their career potential. And employers have a very rudimentary level of understanding of their people. It takes a manager with great people skills and high EQ and a lot of social skills and great motivation to know their employees and their team members. And by the way, that you can't even scale. If that person has a team of more than 20 people or a lot of reports, it's just not feasible for them to have a good understanding of what people are like and what makes them tick. So that's where technology comes in. Technology is always about doing more with less. And in this case, it's identify the critical markers or signals that make you who you are and different from others when it comes to work-related skills.
0: We have more data than ever at our disposal. And you talked about some of the things like social profiles where you can grab information on candidates. Companies can create a fairly comprehensive candidate profile But I think you've argued that there's a difference between what we can know and what we should know about candidates. What types of data should be leveraged in making hiring decisions and how can companies ensure that they don't cross the line into an
1: invasive use of data? Yeah, exactly. And I'm really interested in the ethical side of this because the legal side at the end of the day, you know, our listeners might be in different places and each country and sometimes each state has different legalities or processes to regulate this. But the ethical side of things actually has not changed that much. And we can safely assume that it can be applied universally to different places. So, I believe that, yes, there is today a difference between what we could know and what we should know about people, but I believe that if you enable people to opt in, you obtain uh, informed consent, you explain to them what data are being captured and what's being done to that data or with that data, and then finally, you invite them to either share that information, or have others, recruiters or employers, use that information, I believe that's a very transparent and ethical way of leveraging these innovations.
0: Yeah, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about how there are people who've made a business of helping people build profiles online, like on LinkedIn, to make them more attractive candidates. I was just thinking about that's a really interesting notion that you know, you're pulling this data, but you're also then potentially providing it to potential candidates. Say, look, this is what your social profile says. If you're happy with that, then great. If you're not, then you know, maybe you need to think about making some changes. In that sense, it's almost advisory to candidates as well.
1: Exactly, and I think it's important to understand that all that is very positive, right? So before the whole area of digital talent identification or talent management really came, which is relatively recent, 10, 15 years ago, if you look for example at our business within manpower group our recruiters had worked with candidates for decades helping them understand how to dress for an interview how to present what employers want to hear and that's not a bad thing that's not an incentive or it shouldn't be seen as oh we're trying to game a system or help them cheap we're just trying to display the right etiquette and fit in or display or good organizational citizenship, which is part of talent.
0: Interesting. So I'm thinking back to our first season of the podcast. We had a, a gentleman on by the name of Gabriel Scansa, who was the head of a company called Furhat Hat Robotics. They make these human-like robots. And he believed that a great application for their technology was conducting unbiased first round interviews. He thought that was a great early application for AI, that they could be very objective, very similar to what you said. But interestingly enough, I think you've written that humans often trust their gut over data-driven recommendations. What do you think it takes for organizations to truly make the shift to a data-driven decision-making process as opposed to a gut feel as it relates to hiring?
1: Yeah, so you know, mostly it requires some humility, some curiosity some self-criticism and of course it requires some understanding of uh, data and technology. It is clear to me that it is not always possible to persuade people of something even when you show them facts and data. But at the end of the day what we need to understand is that organizations that have the humility and the curiosity to make decisions following the data even when they run counter their own instincts can be expected to outperform their competitors. Between two organizations, the one that is more data-driven will be better able to spot trends, better able to spot and attract talent. Therefore, we can expect them to outperform their competitors because that's the ROI to having more talented employees and in particular, more talented leaders. Imagine a company that only selects leaders because they get along with the people in an interview or they hire people in a nepotistic way. You can expect that company to be less meritocratic and you can expect that company to perform less than a more meritocratic alternative. So at the end of the day, if data and AI can help companies be more meritocratic and more talent centric, there will be an ROI.
0: Have you seen over the last year or two less pushback from candidates and or companies that are doing the recruiting? Is, is there a growing acceptance of the notion that AI has a really critical role to play in talent recruitment?
1: Yes, and in particular from the organizational side, the hiring managers, employers, HR Departments, most big companies have within their HR function now a people analytics line with data scientists, and they're trying to really follow the data and be more fact and evidence based. That shows you, and this is a fast, fast growing field, that shows you that uh, openness to AI and data in the field of HR and talent is advancing rapidly. Where I don't see equivalent progress is on the candidate side. And I think even some organizations don't implement certain things like video interviewing or digital inf- interviewing or algorithmic selection or deselection because they fear a backlash from the PR standpoint. And I understand that they're cautious and they don't want to be seen as doing something that is creepy or Big Brother-like, etc. But they also have the responsibility to educate the market and especially candidates. I think candidates have... Double standards, and they're being very nice and forgiving with all the human biases that have contaminated hiring practices for so long. Candidates love the job interview, even though it lends itself to unconscious and conscious biases. And even though so many interviewers are ages, sexes, races, and have all these prejudices that they cannot suddenly switch off. And yet there are all these criticisms because occasionally companies have tried to implement AI-based or algorithmic hiring that has produced bias outcomes, but only because the algorithms were trained to imitate or emulate human preferences, right? So that's what happened, for example, when chatbots or video interview algorithms were trained to predict who gets promoted in a certain company. Yes, it tended to be middle-aged white males, but that doesn't mean the algorithms were biased. It means they were successfully exhibiting or uncovering a bias that was there in the first place and doesn't go away just because you don't use AI. So I think that's quite interesting because AI in a way is just a magnifying glass or lens or an x ray that enables you to go into organizations to reveal biases, and we're pointing the finger at it saying, Ooh, AI is biased, as if algorithms could be sexist or racist, as if AI and algorithms and computers had a fragile self-esteem they need to protect by bringing other people down.
0: Well, that's a great way to close out this episode of the conversation, because I think you're hitting on one of the things that we try to do here, which is to air viewpoints on the impact of artificial intelligence on business and society, both the positive and the negative. And I think what you just articulated was a misunderstanding that people have about artificial intelligence and how its proper use can actually help improve society. So I I think that was fantastic. And Tomas, thank you very much for being on The Conversation.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: On the next episode of The Conversation, we'll explore how AI is disrupting the parking industry with Elon Mossbacher, the Senior Vice President of Strategy and Operations at Spot Hero, the largest digital parking company in North America. This episode of The Conversation was recorded remotely and produced by Interactions, a Boston-based conversational AI company. Well, that's it for today's conversation. This is Jim Freese signing off, and we'll see you next time.